Tino Lwanje, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, Ayponga. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. Uh, quite an interesting, I guess, uh, uh, you know, performance of uh, key indices in the marketplace today. I saw the RAND uh, did a lot better hovering around that 19 RAND mark. And uh, we also saw equities uh, here in South Africa doing a lot better. What accounted for that? Uh, and uh, is it that big announcement we heard uh, last night from the first citizen? Yes, I think that would be the only really market-moving, um, you know, news that's come out. Um over in the markets, everything's been selling off due to the oil price plunge. So I think, you know, investors have been the whole day been mulling over what this means. And I think by close of business today, I think, you know, the market were fairly positive as a, uh, on the whole mm. with regards to the stimulus plan from the yeah. president. Now, I guess one uh, market segment that has certainly taken a beating on the equity side of things, and uh, even from an operational perspective, I guess if you think about uh, the book of assets that they have on their books, and that's the banking sector. Now, uh, we heard one of our big banks here in South Africa, Standard Bank, saying uh, their profit uh, is set to take a considerable hit here on the back of the worsening quality of uh, some of the accredited customers. Uh, let's talk about this and also talk about it, I guess, in the context of that 200 billion rand credit guarantee that was announced last night. So just to clarify what this means, is that, you know, think about two years ago, the banks adopted IFRS 9, which is accounting standard, which requires you to take a look into the future and make adjustments in terms of what you expect you know, will be the losses you will incur, um, which is different to what was happened before because you'd only get the losses once you receive them. So ever since, um, you know, the lockdown has happened and COVID-9 has come into the floor, um, banks now, and Stand Bank is the first one to come on, and they've had to adjust the provisions they're making. So these losses are just currently provisions and projections and changes and expectations of the losses they're going to incur, um, but they haven't actually, you know, materialized those actual losses. Mm. So it's more of a forward-looking adjustment to what the profits are going to be. And they're saying, look, what's going to happen now is that, you know, consumers, consumers are under pressure. The economy is going to a deep recession. Um, we're going to expect the losses to be much worse. And that is what's going to be taken. And they're taking the hit in the profits now. Mm. So that's currently what's happening. The actual bad news is still yet to come as to actual customers coming under pressure because, um, you know, the update was to the 31st of March. And as we know, the bad news is only yet to come. Yeah, yeah. But Norwanja, one would say that uh, I guess all of the things are in place for them to be able to weather the storm. I mean, I'm thinking of all of the sort of capital buffers and uh, all of the liquidity support they got from the Saab. And then last night, uh, you know, a credit guarantee that effectively cushions them from some of the downside of uh, extending credit to, uh, um, you know, uh, clients whose uh, quality of a credit might be worsening in this moment. So, you know, I guess the question is, um, you know, can it get any worse for some of the banks? And, and more importantly, uh, you know, ought they to be lending a bit more and on lending uh, on the back of the relief that they've received? So, um, you know, the banks are very much well provisioned, I mean, on every level. And for them to, you know, they can withstand any kind of shock. And that is the point of regulations to, you know, so ensure that they're adequately capitalized to absorb any losses. Um, should they be lending more? I think, you know, we still want the financial system to remain sound. Um, as it stands now, I mean, they've got about across the big four, they're sitting about anywhere around 400 billion rands of loans to small to medium enterprises. So already they are going to play a huge role in terms of providing relief and support mm. to SMMEs. 
and you know whether it's taking payment breaks or holidays and i mean they are in charge of the more formal sector in terms of you know where the, the businesses are already in the formal sector sure. and have got to the banks um, account up and running and i think you know they'll still you know make sure they've got sound credit management principles in place to support their customers. Mm. Um, but there will be, and, you know, when a bank says that they're giving you a three-month payment holiday, I mean, that is, you know, it, that is helping. You know, it's not just not doing anything. It is a form of relief. Um, and they definitely are prepared and they've been, you know, through the guidance of SOB, they've been able to, you know, take quite a few payment holidays onto their books. Okay, all right. Well, actually, let's pause there for a second. When we come back, I want us to take a look at uh, that March inflation number that's come through and uh, I guess some of the problems uh, that our National Statistics Agency might have in collecting inflation data for the month of March because, I guess, uh, because people aren't buying and also they can't access some of the retailers. Uh, this might make uh, a lot of your work a lot more difficult, but we'll return to that theme uh, on the other side of uh, this uh, brief uh, break. And uh, when we come back, we continue with our business wrap. Together we can win the battle against COVID-19. Screening and testing is important for government to know who has the virus so that medical care can be provided to those who need it. Now, the Gauteng government is conducting uh, conducting a large-scale screening and testing focusing on vulnerable communities and densely populated areas. Health professionals, assisted by by trained community health workers, are visiting households to screen for COVID-19 symptoms. Screening and testing will help diagnose COVID-19 and initiate medical management to assist those who are infected and stop the spread of the virus. Wash your hands regularly with soap and water for at least 20 seconds or use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth with unwashed hands. For more information, contact the COVID-19 hotline on 0800-029-999 or you can send hi to 0600-123-456 on WhatsApp. Visit the COVID-19 website on www.sacoronavirus.co.za. Seven minutes it is before 8 p.m. and it's our wrap of the top business stories. And joining me to take a look at some of these stories is Nolwandle Mtombeni, who's an analyst at Emergence Investment Managers. Now, Nolwandle, let's take a look at that figure there coming through for inflation in the month of March and seeing that inflation number firmly embedded around that midpoint. And that, I guess, for many people, might be the path that we think inflationary expectations are going to take Uh, in this uh, moment. Uh, Does this create scope for, I guess, an additional rate cut? And uh, if so, what then happens when our real interest rates uh, reach negative territory? I think that's that's probably been one of the interesting things uh, on social media over the last few days or so, where this idea of uh, certain uh, variables uh, being a negative territory and what that means for the economy. I actually haven't considered, you know, negative real interest rates. Um, but we definitely are due for more for more um, interest um, interest rate cuts. Mm. So in terms of you know even the sub, you know when they hiked they were were front loading hundred hundred of the hundred and twenty five that them you know the PQM had projected, um, and I mean QPM. But you know you know some economists say there's still further scope for say anywhere between another you know hundred hundred and twenty five basis points of cuts. In fact, many of the economists that I've spoken to at large are expecting further cuts. So um, in terms of, you know, how low, you know, you know, how low can we go, how many more cuts? Um, I think, you know, it, it really is unknown at this point. It depends how bad. Um, but obviously the idea is that the stimulus package is meant to offset any further weakness 
And I think, you know, in terms of the, you know, forecast projections, I think 6% is the worst that I've seen. And, you know, if it were to dip below that, then we definitely can expect that, you know, maybe there's room for more stimulus and further cuts. And South Africa, negative interest rates, that would be something new. I mean, real interest rates. And, mm. you know, I'd, I'd have to mull about that because I hadn't actually considered the yeah, idea. Yeah, think about it, right? <laughs> so, so if our inflation is 4.1% now, and then we have, uh, you know, a repo rate that is in sort of the 4.25 and say you cut by shape by another, uh, Mm. you know, a a 25 basis point there, 0.25, you might find yourself um, negative 0.1 in negative territory if uh, you subtract your inflation uh, from from that uh, repo rate. So so I don't know. I mean, what happens to countries when they find themselves there? Uh, we know it's a boon for all of the credit active consumers, but uh, I think from a savings perspective, it, it probably might be raising some red flags in an already constrained savings environment here in South Africa. So obviously that would affect the banks more than anything. So for us, you know, what we'd look towards is, you know, everything is linked to the repo, I mean, the prime rate. That's the difference. So, you know, it, is, it impacts the bank because they would lend at, they, they borrow from the bank or lend at, uh, borrow from the bank at, at, at the repo rate. So they will be incentivized to spend more. Um, but from a consumer side, I mean, we'll never get the, get that, that possible because of the, I think, 350, you know, basis point yes. difference between prime and the prime and, and, and the repo. So, you know, the consumers will, will be okay in terms of the saving. It, it impacts the banks. And what the, the the central bank will do most likely is that, you know, they'll put in, you know, certain adjustments to make sure that the profitability of the banks isn't um, in, impaired by, by any sort of moves like that in the market. Mm. Um, they've done it in, in the States as well when rates went negative, where they made adjustments to cater for that. So that would be the first response of the central banks to, you know, shield the banking sector, especially given that they're already, you know, you know taking a big hit um, in terms of profitability and even from the rate cuts mm. um, to shield them from any further, further, further pressure um, from, for example, as negative rates would do to them. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, certainly going to be an interesting one there uh, as uh, we, uh, I guess, uh, think about uh, what uh, being a negative or real negative territory means uh, for our interest rates as a country and uh, what impact that has also on bond markets because that's where government borrows uh, to finance the big figures uh, that uh, the president was speaking about last night. Now, uh, Noluanje, talk to me about Sasol. Uh, they are now selling a stake of, for 246 billion rand in the Lake Charles Chemical pro- uh, Project. And firstly, is this project even complete, Sektengasu's take? So I think it was starting to go online. Um, they had started, it did start going online and certain parts of it were already operational. Um, so certain parts of it. And then I think um, they still were, you know, still has to ramp up. But I think certain part of it was still fine. I remember there was a fire or explosion somewhere to part of the plant, I think, I don't know if it was last year. So that delayed. But in terms of completion, I think it was, you know, pretty much very much complete um, and it hadn't fully come on stream yet. So, and unfortunately, you know, Cecil can't catch a break. <laughs> they really can't, you know. Um, I Catching owls you know, all over the place. Exactly. Yes. I mean, I mean, the, the, the major ones were, you know, self-inflicted in that it was own goals from management team. But, these latest ones, in terms of the oil price move, were you know largely unprecedented and unfortunate. So now they're you know trying to sell what they can to you know get off, get get the debt out of the way, and they don't have a choice. Um, you know, gearing a shut up to you know insane levels. 
um, you know, they they have to find ways. They're now scrambling. Um, at the end of the day, you know, the bank is, you've got to get to the bank. You've got to show the bank that you can pay it off. Mm, mm. That's ultimately it. This is business. It's business at the end of the day. Banks, you know, are, are in the day trying to recoup what they're lending from you. Sure. Um, it's not a charity. So, um, Cecil has to make the hard decisions. They have to sell, sell portions, find something to keep the lenders there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a tough environment. And I think, you know, you know, every, companies everywhere are distressed. So, unfortunately, um, you know, you're going to sell some assets. Yeah, it just makes me think, you know, if uh, we considered our power stations, uh, Okusila and Madupi and them, and uh, even before we had completed them, or if units of them came online, we already... Uh, we're going to the banks to try and find a suitor to go and buy some of the stakes. I mean, it's certainly not the kind of uh, a story that you want to be telling uh, about uh, um, an investment of the magnitude uh, that uh, Sasol has made in Lake Charles, which was aimed at diversifying the operations uh, away from just this uh, sole reliance on oil. And uh, we can see uh, what impact that reliance on oil has had now uh, where mm. we're seeing oil futures trading at the levels that they're trading at. Uh, and maybe before I let you go, Nolwandle, uh, the World Bank seeing a record 20% drop in remittances globally during due to the pandemic. I mean, uh, the, the second worst drop that has ever been seen here is, is one of 5%. So that, that should place that into perspective. Uh, uh, what, what picture does this tell us about, uh, I guess, uh, largely what's happening in the developed part of the globe? Because we know the remittances are, in many cases, I guess, uh, a unidirectional flow of money from... Uh, a, a more resourced parts of the world in the global north and uh, being sent to uh, places in the global south. Uh, uh, I think that's what is being looked at here. Uh, what does that tell us here? So um, I think, you know, you're realizing just how many immigrants are in the developed nations, especially in the U.S. Mm. And we saw Trump, you know, say literally there's going to be immigrant ban now um, indefinitely, you know, going to suspending any, any immigrants coming into applying or anything like that. Um, and the important thing um, is to realize is that the U.S. shed 22 million jobs in just three weeks in April. So you can imagine that a lot of that that workforce would be, say, temporary or non-permanent. And I imagine there would be, you know, so immigrant population in there. You know, the long-term or secure permanent jobs would be, you know, um, would probably favor, you know, citizens. Uh, so as we're seeing mass retrenchments, redundancies and, and, and people coming under pressure, um, that money is not going to be available to people who need to send it back home. Oh. So, and that's going to be the trend. So, it 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 definitely has a multi-layered and wide-reaching effect. Where you know what happens in America, for example, is affecting what's happening in some country in the in the, in the least developed in the developing world, where people were relying that just to you know get by, and now it's not there. And there's pile there's power in the dollar, you know, especially going from a you know from the Western, from U.S. to a African currency. Um, it has buying power. And, you know, with that, especially at, at this kind of exchange rate, it's, it's really going to have a hit to certain, you know, families in the yeah. developing nations. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a tough one, Nolwandle, but uh, a big thank you to you, really, for taking time out to speak to us uh, this evening and uh, making sense of uh, some of the big issues there. And I think on that last story there, uh, you also get beneath the, that 20% number uh, the unfolding humanitarian story and the humanitarian drama associated uh, with this crisis. And it continues, I guess, to show up all of the bad parts of who we are. It continues to show up uh, all of the anti-immigrant sentiment uh, that uh, has taken root not only in the United States but across the globe. Nolwantle, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure.
that there was Nolwan Lemtombe, an analyst at Emergence Investment Managers, helping us uh, to take a look at some of the big stories in the world of business.